RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The first groups of passengers begin leaving the quarantined Princess Diamond cruise ship in Japan. The government says it needs more time to organise evacuations of residents trapped in Hubei. And Hong Kong sees a second death from the coronavirus as the mainland toll exceeds 2,000. The first passengers have been allowed to disembark from the cruise liner Diamond Princess, which has been quarantined in the Japanese port of Yokohama for more than two weeks because of fears of the spread of the coronavirus. They were driven away in buses. Here's the BBC's Nick Beak. It's thought around 500 passengers will disembark on Wednesday. Only those who've tested negative for the coronavirus and showing no symptoms will be allowed off. Authorities say the process could take up to three days while hundreds more test results are processed. Rows of ambulances are lined up on the dockside in Yokohama to transport any more passengers who become infected. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says he's pressing his Japanese counterparts to give priority to the Hong Kong residents on the ship to be allowed to leave today. He said immigration officers had contacted all of the 350-odd Hong Kong people aboard and over 200 wanted to return on two chartered flights arranged by the government. We are pressing for more uh, results today, so hopefully uh, the number of Hong Kong people who are confirmed to be negative will increase, and we are pressing the Japanese authorities to allow uh, them all to come down. Our aim is to allow all Hong Kong residents to be, to be allowed to disembark today so that they will all be uh, sent back to Hong Kong as soon as possible. 53 people from Hong Kong aboard the Diamond Princess have tested positive for the new coronavirus. The Chief Secretary, Matthew Jern, has urged people to give the government some leeway in evacuating people who are stranded in Hubei province, saying authorities are already planning to get them back in batches as soon as they can. As of yesterday, the government said it received over 1,300 requests for assistance from people stranded there, involving 2,500 people spread over 30 cities. Speaking through an interpreter, Mr Jern said the task isn't easy. We care for them a lot. We have been in close liaison with them and uh, we send medication to them. To a large extent, it's not easy to arrange for drugs to be delivered to them. Now, it's not just Wuhan, Hubei province is very big. The logistics arrangements are not easy. As you know, the uh, communication uh, between cities and the mainland is already cut off. So we do care for the welfare of Hong Kong people in Wuhan and uh, if they are to be uh, returned to Hong Kong, we have to do that in batches because uh, there are thousands of them. A spokesman from Princess Margaret Hospital says a 70-year-old man died this morning after being infected with the coronavirus, making Hong Kong's second fatality. He was the 55th confirmed case. The death toll from the mainland's new epidemic has jumped to 2,000 after 136 more people died. The mainland also reported almost 1,800 new cases. The Mission for Migrant Workers is appealing for donations of surgical masks and hand sanitizers to distribute to foreign domestic helpers. Johanny Tong says many members are worried about the first case of coronavirus involving a maid. For all the migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong, employers are responsible for their medical expenses and also providing masks, sanitizer. But unfortunately, we have seen that some domestic workers are not provided with enough masks and also uh, sanitizer. This has become worried of domestic workers. 
Several dozen people from a pro-Beijing group have rallied outside government headquarters in support of subsidies to aid groups affected by the viral outbreak. Waving national and Hong Kong flags, the Defend Hong Kong campaign charted stop political arguments and urged pan-democrat lawmakers not to oppose the funding request for the $28 billion relief package at Friday's Finance Committee meeting. The group cheered when DAB legislators received their letter. Meanwhile, the Pro-Establishment Business and Professionals Alliance is calling on the government to use the upcoming budget to help businesses and people during the economic downturn and the coronavirus outbreak. It says many businesses are facing possible closure and unemployment is likely to soar. Speaking after meeting with Financial Secretary Paul Chan, the party said the government should guarantee bank loans for businesses, delay tax payments for three to six months, offer rent subsidies and a cash handout to people. Here's the party's vice chairwoman, Priscilla Leung. We have proposed uh, that uh, the government should reconsider the need to uh, give um, uh, monetary subsidies to the residents under this very, very unique hardship of Hong Kong. Uh, generally, we don't want to just give money, okay? We want the market to be very lively. But this is a very special situation. Even business face the problem of survival. A patient's rights representative says the government could consider extending to private clinics a new measure to detect coronavirus patients. From today, government outpatient clinics and emergency wards will ask patients with fever and respiratory symptoms to test themselves at home to prevent them visiting, visiting multiple clinics over several days. Alex Lam, the chairman of Hong Kong Patients' Voices, says it's an effective way to slow the spread of the virus in the community. Thousands of people make visits to ANE and the GOPC every day. With this, I hope that at least we may be able to identify some of them. But it is an effective way that we may consider extending the service to private clinics. To other news, and the United States is tightening rules on Chinese state media organizations. Five outlets, including Xinhua, will be treated as foreign missions. They'll need permission to buy property and will have to submit lists of all employees, including U.S. citizens. Washington officials say the move is to counter Beijing's propaganda efforts. The United Nations says half a million children have been forced from their homes in northwestern Syria in the past three months in a mass displacement that's sparking fears of a humanitarian catastrophe. Officials say children were freezing to death in snow-covered camps. Syrian government forces, backed by Russia, have stepped up their offensive against jihadists in Idlib. Rupert Koval is the spokesman for the UN Human Rights Commissioner, Michelle Bachelet. Civilians fleeing the fighting are being squeezed into areas without safe shelter that are shrinking in size by the hour, and still they're bombed, and they simply no longer have anywhere to go. We've also recorded several incidents in which displacement camps were either directly hit or affected by nearby strikes. As the High Commissioner puts it, no shelter is now safe, and as the government offensive continues and people are forced into smaller and smaller pockets, she fears even more people will be killed. The state Senate in Utah has unanimously voted to decriminalize polygamy among consenting adults. The new bill would treat the offense as a simple infraction like parking a ticket. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. 
Polygamous marriages involving several partners have been common in Utah for hundreds of years. Officials have largely adopted a don't ask, don't tell attitude and chosen not to prosecute those involved. The sponsor of a bill to decriminalize the practice says the current law has stigmatized families and led to a culture of secrecy where victims of abuse are afraid to come forward. But critics of the bill argue that it would only empower abusers and lead to some people taking their newfound freedom to an extreme. President Trump has commuted the 14-year prison sentence of a former governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich. He was convicted of trying to sell the Senate seat vacated by Barack Obama after he won the presidential election 12 years ago. Mr. Trump told a group of reporters that Mr. Blagojevich, a Democrat who once appeared on his television show Celebrity Apprentice, seemed like a nice person and had already served a long time in jail. We have commuted the sentence of Rod Blagojevich. He served eight years in jail. I don't know him very well. I met him a couple of times. He was on for a short while on The Apprentice years ago. Uh, seemed like a very nice person. Don't know him, but... Many people disagree with the sentence. He's a Democrat. He's not a Republican. The mayor of Chicago, Laurie Lightfoot, gave her reaction to reporters. This is a man who was a governor of our state. He committed crimes as found by a jury of his peers. He's got to accept responsibility for that. President Trump has obviously decided that the time served is enough, and it is what it is, but President Trump is probably the least credible person to make this decision, given what he's done over and over again, to thumb his nose at one of the core principles of our democracy is that the, no one is above the law. The judge in the trial of Harvey Weinstein has given legal instructions to the members of the jury before they begin deliberating the verdict. The former film producer denies charges of rape and sexual assault. The judge confronted Mr Weinstein's lead defence lawyer about an article in which she urged jurors to look past the headlines the case had generated. The BBC's Nick Bryant reports. As the jury started its deliberations, the judge delivered a stern warning to the lead defence lawyer in the trial not to speak to the press until after the verdict is delivered. I would caution you about the tentacles of your public relations juggernaut, Justice James Burke, told Donna Rotuno, a key and highly public figure in this trial. The defence team has been trying to sow seeds of doubt by citing warm emails and other communications between Harvey Weinstein and his female accusers that continued for months after the alleged attacks. The movie mogul has expressed delight at Donna Rotuno's performance in court. The former mayor of New York City, Michael Bloomberg, has qualified for the Democratic presidential debate in Nevada State. It's the first time the billionaire will appear on stage alongside his rivals for the Democratic nomination. His inclusion coincides with a substantial surge in his support. A 70,000-year-old Neanderthal skeleton has been unearthed at a cave in the foothills of Iraqi Kurdistan, reopening the decades-long debate about the cultural sophistication of ancient humans. Researchers say the discovery offers an opportunity to study ancient DNA and the burial rituals of the lost human species. Here's the BBC's Celia McCauley. Researchers say the ancient skeleton, named Shanidar Z, is the first of its kind to be found in a decade. It's not the first time archaeologists have explored the Shanidar cave. Excavations in the 1950s unearthed remains of 10 Neanderthals. There was evidence flowers had been placed at the burial site. The lead researcher says the find indicates that Neanderthals may have been using the cave as a site for the ritual burial of their dead. 
suggesting a cultural complexity of a very high order. Now to the latest sports action with Adam Jung. We start with football's European Champions League, where the competition has reached the knockout stage. Atletico Madrid beat the holders Liverpool 1-0 in their last 16 first leg in Spain, thanks to an early goal from Sao Niguez. The BBC's John Murray was at the game. It's been Atletico Madrid's night, it's been Diego Simeone's night. He said he had a plan, and the plan's come off. In the first leg, at least, just the one goal, Saul Niguez, in the fourth minute, that was enough. So Liverpool are going to have to turn it around in the second leg at Anfield in three weeks' time. Elsewhere, Borussia Dortmund hold a 2-1 advantage after winning their first leg at home over Paris Saint-Germain. More from the BBC's John Bennett. The match burst into life in the 68th minute. A Hakimi cross, a Guerrero shot deflected to Erling Haaland. Poachers finish 1-0 to Borussia Dortmund. Then six minutes later, against the run of play, PSG equalised. Great run from Mbappe down the right cross to Neymar to tap in. 1-1 would not have been the deserved scoreline. Borussia Dortmund deserved to win the game and they got the winner on 77 minutes. Erling Haaland yet again with a rocket of a shot 20 yards out. Brilliant goal, 11 goals in seven appearances now for him in a Borussia Dortmund shirt. PSG have been knocked out in the last 16 for the last three seasons. History could be about to repeat itself. The Tottenham manager Jose Mourinho is not expecting Song Hyun-min to play again this season. The South Korean striker is to have surgery this week to repair a fractured arm suffered in Sunday's Premier League win at Aston Villa. Spurs are preparing for tonight's Champions League match at home to RB Leipzig. In some periods, I was worried about not having attacking options on the bench. Now I don't have attacking options on the pitch. So, again, uh, analogies apart. Are we going to give up or are we going to fight the way we can? We are going to fight the way we can. The two-time NBA champion Chris Bosh has posted a video to express his disappointment in not being considered for the Basketball Hall of Fame. The former Miami and Toronto forward was a surprise omission from the list of finalists for this year's enshrinement class, which includes Kobe Bryant Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. In his video, Bosch said he's especially disappointed in not being recognized with this amazing class of players. Bosch is one of 13 players in NBA history to record a career average of over 19 points and 8 rebounds per game. The other 12 have all made the haul. Bosch turns 36 next month. His career was cut short in 2016 when a blood clot was discovered in his leg. The Miami Heat honored him last year by retiring his number one jersey. And that's your look at sports. Thanks to Adam Jung. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The first groups of passengers begin leaving the quarantined Princess Diamond cruise ship in Japan. The government says it needs more time to organise evacuations of residents trapped in Hubei province. And Hong Kong sees a second death from the coronavirus as the mainland toll exceeds 2,000. That's the latest news from RTHK. Yard, he is bound. Up we see his fiery trails come rolling, climbing from the hills. We proudly 
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 19th of February is today's date. We've got a busy program for you. Many thanks uh, once again to Phil for the morning brew. One, two, three.